To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. Well, yeah, because I think they have to have, uh, David had to have a, uh, a line in there somewhere that acknowledged that because you know the whole thing is set up on this like straw man of basically like people got so upset and like unjustly so over emily oster and so literally the link that you're talking about where he in this thing that we're making fun of like links to you and the piece (laughs) that you wrote uh yeah with uh justin feldman uh who's also been on the show and your other colleague uh seth prins Mm -hmm. um and the the way uh, that he links to you is with a with a sentence at the top of a paragraph. Critics, that's the link. <laughs> that's the, the word hyperlink. Critics, critics called the article insensitive and misleading, which is not exactly. I don't think insensitivity was your angle. We didn't uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so he's setting us, and this is the same way he's done this twice now, which makes me think. Okay, a he didn't. I mean, he obviously didn't read what we wrote. Which, right. like, I get it. You know, the life of a New York Times editor, busy, busy. Like, <laughs> definitely doesn't have time. But it also makes me think about how, so in both instances, this most recent one and like a previous version, right? Like David Leonhardt is linking to us, setting us, like the three of us, literally up as like the critics, right? That are like bringing the heat for Emily Oster. Um, And in this most recent one, it's like, okay, well, we're the critics, you know, we were criticizing her and it turns out she was right. And that's not the right take. I mean, it makes me afraid because it's like, is there no one else that has written anything critical about? I mean, obviously, right. I think the piece that we wrote is is awesome. Like, I think people should go and and try to read it. I think it's really good. But I'm like, it's a sorry kind of state of affairs when like I, you know, like the thing I wrote is like all like, is that all that's out there that you can find? <laughs> so you're linking to it multiple times. Like, I don't know why, like our thing has gotten picked up as like emblematic of like the criticism of, of her. And I'm worried that it's because there's not that much out there, but he clearly didn't read the piece because so in the, in the morning briefing, you know, he's kind of arguing like, well, you know, the thing that was controversial was like (laughs) this comparison saying that, you know, younger children are, um, you know, much safer, you know, COVID is much less risky for them than older people. But that's actually a, like not what we said and B like, that's not the controversial part of what Emily Oster has been saying. Right. And if you read our piece, you know, what we actually say is like, it's true. You know, this, this, your unvaccinated kid is like a vaccinated grandparent comparison you know, it it does clarify one thing, which is, you know, children do have a much, much lower risk of bad outcomes from COVID infection than older right. people, kind of regardless of vaccination status. That's that's definitely true. But what that comparison obscures is that like the transmission risk from children is very high. And like, if you'll remember, the purpose of the original piece was like, are you planning a vacation? Like mm-hmm. you, can ju- you can just go anywhere yeah. with your kids and vaccinated because they're totally safe. And so what, you know, our intervention in that argument was to say like, yeah, it's probably true that your kids are totally safe, but it's not necessarily true that your kids are safe for everyone around them. Right. And like when we, when we were writing that in March, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, you know, Joe Biden has the goal of getting everyone in the country vaccinated by July 4th. And I remember thinking, "Um, I'm not sure that that's going to really work out according to plan. (laughs) And like, sure enough, it didn't. So 
Yeah, we're still you know, sitting was, below 60% fully vaccinated right. in the United States. Yeah, so. also, at, like, when you guys were writing this piece, let's just point out, just to, like, roll, time has moved in, in an incredibly weird way this past, like, <laughs> year. So, like, let's recall, like, in March, um, breakthrough infections were largely thought to be impossible in the mm-hmm. dominant discourse. People were like, what the fuck are you talking about? You mm-hmm. are being a vaccine skeptic by even mentioning the possibility of someone with the, you know, being fully vaccinated and possibly getting COVID. Yeah, this is like yeah. way before even like the mask mandates, uh, right? or not mask mandates, but the suggested mask mandates basically were were dropped right before at, the CDC rolled that back. At this point, it was still kind of reasonable that uh, there were no OSHA guidelines released yet because Biden had only been in office for like a month and a half and we were still sort of waiting for these um, big OSHA guidelines that he had promised during the election were coming to protect all the workers, right? Right. And all of this new guidance that we were being promised was going to come out about schools. None of that had come out yet. Um, what what was really the conversation around the vaccine was like, OK, making sure that everybody can get it. But appointment times were like all filled up. There was still like full on triage of who could get the vaccine when it was very premature of Oster to be like basically talking about summer plans and going on vacation. Like at this point, it was like such a small percentage of the population was vaccinated. And on top of that, like the idea of asymptomatic transmission, like it wasn't just that breakthrough infections were off the table, like the idea that asymptomatic transmission was possible if you were vaccinated was like considered to be so wildly speculative and also yeah. like anti-vaccine, right? So mm-hmm. like or to talk about it was considered to be like an anti-vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So like that was the climate, right? Like this is the climate in which there's already like, you know, we are our, our knowledge, our general knowledge of, of what's gone on and how vaccines like are going to be working as tools for the pandemic has completely changed right. since this came out. But like if you notice, if you go back and you read Oster's piece from like middle of March 2021 and you read David Leonhardt's piece, it's the same argument as if there's like nothing that's changed in our understanding of of how like the vaccine is actually going to work as a tool, right? Like it's a, it's there's this uh, amnesia that just that that time in between all that knowledge like does not exist at all. Right. Well, and all future pandemic interventions are going to happen seamlessly, right? Like right. yes, <laughs> we have made many mistakes in the past, right? Like it has been a rough and rocky road, but anything from today forward, it's like it's going to, you know, you have to assume that it's going to happen in the most seamless, you know, effortless, smooth way possible. Right. To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com/deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes, and be the first to get a new patron episode when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.